Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just made coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and uh, let's get this started. Welcome, guys, to Java Chat. I am Coffee with Mike. Not kidding. There is coffee in this. There's always coffee in this. You guys know me. I hope you got your cup. I got Dr. Kieran with me today. We're going to sit back. We're going to chat a little bit about uh, about this whole coronavirus craziness that's going on. And I brought Dr. Kieran on because I really wanted to have a doctor's perspective for you, my listeners and my watchers, um, as to what the realities are and what are the things that we should be doing, um, you know, besides what we've already been told to do, which are the general guidelines. Um, and I'm sure she has perspective and, and input on a lot of that stuff. Same time, she's a doctor. There's a leadership aspect, and you guys have known for the last few po- podcasts that I've been talking about how we lead through a pandemic, because there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't consider leadership. I consider just you know often left field, um, and we need to step up as humans. So to begin, thank you, Dr. Kieran, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So great to I be love, here. I love that backdrop, by the way. That's, that's really cool. It kind of gives you the aura effect. My painting. Yes, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I think it's awesome for a backdrop. Thank uh, you. Um, so can you give us an idea of your background, where you're from, what you do, et cetera, et cetera, if you would, please? Sure. So I've been a board certified uh, medical doctor for over 20 years. I'm also trained in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine. So I have a little bit of a holistic bent. So I actually, and I, I became trained in that after I had my own health challenges where I weighed 243 pounds. I had chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety. I had a whole host of medical problems that I couldn't fix with the medicine I had learned. Mm-hmm. And I discovered functional medicine and used it to lose 100 pounds and heal myself, get off all prescription medications. Oh. And so that's really what I've done with people for the past 10 years is I work with people on healing the root cause of disease um, instead of just controlling symptoms with drugs and surgery. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really... Uh, interested in the current pandemic because I think that it's kind of like a lot of us got our caught with our pants down because we weren't taking care of our health and I really think that that's one of the reasons why it's spreading so quickly and we're having um, a higher incidence of more severe disease is because if our health isn't resilient and we don't have adequate immune system function well then we are prey to a virus like this that comes in. Um, And so for me, it's really about health resilience. And I'm really grateful to be here and chat with you about it today. I'm super happy that you said functional medicine. You have no Ah. idea how much of an advocate I am of that. Wonderful. And and the reason is, well, one, I'm, I'm from the islands of Hawaii. Um, And we have, we have a practice called La'au Lapa'au, which is basically natural medicines. Um, so when you say functional medicine, I know it's not the normal allopathy that goes on and only treats symptoms. It's really looking for a root cause and getting to the root and treating the root and 
you know, if the root's bad, getting rid of it. Um, I think, one, there isn't enough credit given to doctors like yourself that have opened up their, their hearts and minds to these, the naturopathic, the um, naturopathic, holistic, functional, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, did I read that you're a, a, you're a fellow of A4M? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I, Dr. Goldman and Dr. Katz are friends. Oh, okay, wonderful. That's, that should tell you exactly how much I care about this. I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> um, especially Dr. Katz. He, he and I have many interesting conversations. <laughs> he's, he's quite something. Um, so you see this come through, and, and it's funny, you, you mentioned that we've been taking our health for granted. Obviously, there's, there's been plenty of times where I've, I've been in places where you should wash your hands, and I watch guys walk right out. And I'm like, what? I mean, have we gotten so bad at taking advantage of our own sanitary needs that is, is that, do you really believe that that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a contributor, but what do you really think has been the biggest contributor to this thing firing out as fast as it has? Well, I think it's several, uh, several things. So number one is that it's a novel virus. So nobody in the world has been exposed to it. So we don't have herd immunity in our country, and but no other country has it either. So right. nobody has immunity to it. So it, when it came out, that means that everyone is subject to receive it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some characteristics about this virus that make it very special and more infective than your average flu or cold virus. So one thing is the nature of it. It, it has these projections, um, it and all the coronaviruses, um, that are very sticky. So it's almost like super glue. So when it inoculates you, it's more apt to stick to your cells more securely and therefore cause an infection. So the nature of it is one. And then it's survivability. It seems to be have a very hardy survival yeah. status. Yeah. So it can it can live on surfaces. I think they found now at least 17 days they found on that cruise ship where a gentleman had it. It doesn't live so well on cardboard less than a day or metal less than one to two days. But 17 days is pretty impressive um, for viral viral survival, survivability outside a host. And also is the long um, asymptomatic phase of the illness in humans. Where initially we had said something like 10 to 14 days, but now they're finding that some people are three and four weeks with being inoculated and being asymptomatic and still shedding the virus so they can infect others. Wow. And then also the transmissibility, and they call that R naught, R with yeah. a sub-zero, mm -hmm. is where the influenza, it's one to one to 1.2. So one person will infect one or 1.2 people. Yeah. But with this one, it's one to two to three people so it's much higher um, so i think for all of these reasons it has spread very rapidly globally she, she, you know, there's a couple of things that i want to touch back on um we were talking about this before the show um with regards to the difference between because so many people have related the experience to like having the flu but this isn't the, an influenza virus this is something completely different 
correct? This is a different class. Right. Virus? It's, it's a totally different class. So there are, there's a class of influenza viruses and there are different types of influenzas, but they have some similarities that they're classed in that family. But this is a different family of coronaviruses, which is six or seven different viruses that includes the Ebola and SARS and things like that. Um, so it's a new virus in that class and they all have these kind of, I guess that's why they named it Corona, these kind of projections around the top that are these sticky parts right. that stick off. And so the biggest thing to know about the difference between the two classes is that Influenza creates pretty much an upper respiratory illness and gastrointestinal, right? Right. right. And um, the coronaviruses create lower respiratory tract infections in the lungs. Ooh. So Ooh. that is the big difference, That's right? So difference. it's a huge difference. You can have some nasal congestion, stuffiness with the coronaviruses, but it's usually that dry cough, shortness of breath, febrile illness um, that goes along with it. But, but because it's going into the lower respiratory tract, that's your lungs. That's the yeah. big difference. Yeah. Um, and so because it's primarily attacking there, that makes a difference in the illness. You know, more upper respiratory is just <coughs> it's an ir irritation. It's uh, frustration and you get all the mucus and things like that, but this can actually interfere with your ability to breathe. That, that was one of the, so you've run down about three different channels here. Right. One of, one of the, I told you rabbit holes happen. Um, one of the things that I saw online from another uh, physician um, was differentiating um, a, a sneeze that could potentially be offering up that kind of a viral infection versus allergies and cer certain symptoms, how, how they may not be the same. Is there, can you explain some of the symptoms that somebody should really be looking for? I mean, they've given the basics, high fever, hard to breathe. But I mean, like if somebody sneezes, you have all these people that all of a sudden go into freak mode, like, oh my God, right. we're going to die because you just sneezed. And it, what, what does it really mean when somebody does? And what are you looking for to make sure that, you know, you're not looking at that kind of actual symptom. Right, so the first thing I would say is, everybody should be isolating as much as possible because the number one way to uh, prevent problems from the disease is not to get it, and the number one way to do that is to isolate yourself physically. Yep. Yep. And so if you can, you need to do that. Yep. You know, a sneeze just means that the respiratory passages are irritated and your body's trying to expel the irritation. Uh, whether that's from a bacteria or a, a virus or mucus or an allergen pollen in the air, whatever, it's trying to get rid of it. And right now I've talked to so many patients, uh, you know, across the Southeast United States with the allergies, pollen is through the roof, everybody's cars are yellow. And so, oh, am I having an allergy attack or do I have the coronavirus? Yes. Everybody's paranoid about this. Um, and so it's a real concern because um, sometimes it's really easy to tell, but there are some accessory symptoms with the coronavirus that, <coughs> excuse me, can um, cause sneezing. Some people will have sneezing. Some people will have a decrease in their sensation of smell. And in fact, they're finding that something like two thirds of hospitalized patients with the COVID-19 <clears throat> have what we call a nosnea, meaning a no sense of smell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can get that also with an, an allergy attack. 
a lot of people during allergy season, you know, the, the olfactory nerves that sit down in your nose that go right up to your brain, they can kind of shut off and not work well when you're exposed to a lot of allergens with pollen. Um, and so you don't know is the truth if someone's sneezing. So stay away from people who are sneezing, stay away from people. And if, if you do need to sneeze, you definitely want to sneeze into something uh, because the virus is- Dracula. <laughs> All right. The virus is spread through respiratory droplet and vaporization. So even with you talking, there oh, is yeah. fluid coming out into the air. And I see now where they're considering in the U.S. making a recommendation that asymptomatic people, where everybody wear something over your face. Uh, because they're realizing that even if you just are talking and walking through a space, you're spewing virus, and since the asymptomatic period can be so long, that it might be helpful to have something there. So a bandana, a scarf, something, not masks. Leave those for the people who need them. Um, <clears throat> because even someone walking through that space at a later time mm -hmm. could still pick it up. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're having allergy symptoms, typically those people have history with it. So that's yeah. what I've been talking with patients about. What are your usual allergy symptoms and are they the same now? And if not, what's different? Some people will even get a low grade fever during allergy season. But if it's above a hundred or a hundred Yeah, you might want to you might want to go get checked out at that point. Right. That's <laughs> not allergies, no, right? No, no, no. And if you're having body aches, some people with allergies will get a certain amount of fatigue and feel mm. a little groggy. I do. That's then, me. Yeah. Yeah. And then the antihistamines too can do that. Yeah. So you've got to differentiate, but I think treat your allergies the way you usually treat them if you think that's what it is. <laughs> but if it's not getting better, you have to assume that you've been exposed. I mean, I've talked to some people who have had COVID-19 who you wouldn't think that, you know, they didn't think they were getting exposed to it. So you have to, in this right now, assume it is until proven otherwise almost. So this is, this truly is the, the silent enemy we don't, we don't get to see. I mean, cause it, it can come in whatever form it wants to at this point. It's just, it's, what's, you, you mentioned two things. One, and I'm, I'm going to go back to a couple of different mm -hmm. shows. One was George Carlin. <laughs> um, and he did a stint in one of his, well, in, in most of his uh, stints, he talks about how the human body is meant to fight off all kinds of infectious diseases, but it needs practice, which is what vaccines are. And it's also how, you know, there's a book that was written two years ago. I can't remember the author's name, Feed Your Kids Dirt. Yeah. And, it, and it was a book that talked about, you know, your children go outside and they play in the mud, they play in the, they play in the rain. And, and the culture at the time was don't let your kids go do stuff like that. There's, there's germs, there's things you, you got to be afraid of and stuff. And we ended up with a slightly less resilient human in the millennials. They, they not, I don't know the statistics on this and I don't know if it's absolutely true, but they seem to get sick a little easier than, than we do. I mean, We've been through friggin' how many of these? SARS, bird, name, you name it. Um, and we're all still around. And now, and now we're in danger because of coronavirus because now we're at that age where it could still get us. Um, but he talks about how the human body needs practice. So we now have something that we've never had a chance to practice on. He talks about how the human body needs practice. So we now have something that we've never had a chance to practice on. And we have people that are exposed to it and they're, they're passing away because 
we're not ready for it. So to reinforce your point, for those of you guys that are watching here and for those of you listening, self-isolation is probably a better generous gift that you can give other people rather than being congregated. And oh, um, something I wanted to share with you too, Doc, and any, anytime you post up online, I, would, I, I share it with you and encourage you to use it instead of saying social distancing, use physical distancing as a hashtag instead. I get why they came up with the, with the hashtag in the first place, um, but I had to disagree with it. We're social beings. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be doing this. You know, I wouldn't be doing this. I, I mean, humans need some kind of interaction. As much as we love, some people love being in others' presence, for now we can't be, but that doesn't mean that we look away from each other. It doesn't mean that we stop talking to each other. We have to keep going. So that was the first one, George Carlin. The other one, when you're talking about the fact that when we speak, we st we're still spitting. It was, <clears throat> it was really <clears throat> kind of grossly portrayed in CSI in one of, their, one of their episodes. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. They literally took a close-up, a micro close-up of one of the actors talking and catching the spit coming out and falling down and hitting you know, different things on the ground, on the shirt, on their arms and stuff like that. So for those of you that have never seen that, go look up CSI and go watch it. I mean, what else have you got to do right now? Um, <laughs> Tiger King, really? Um, oh gosh! And I still not, and I've still not seen it, and I'm not watching it. Um, I got too many things to do. I watched CSI when I had time to do things. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> um, but literally, if you're if you're out and about, it does make sense to wear at least the, 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 the thin masks so that you can at least stop that from getting out. And again, protecting others from what you may be carrying. If you don't know, and none of us do, um, my allergies get real bad. I, my doctor told me I have chronic sinusitis. So I'll cough without even realizing it's my sinus is draining and I can't mm -hmm. stop, I can't feel it. I'll end, up, uh, I'll end up sneezing. I get sneezing fits. I can count them. It's the weirdest thing. 21 sneezes before I'm done. Dumbest thing in the world to me happens every time I get them. Why 21? Lucky 21. I was going to say, I was, I was just about to call out blackjack, but um, I, I don't know. But when I do it, I feel bad right now if I have to go someplace and that starts. I'm literally stifling it, you know, the, the real, the, the bad way, which is stopping it. And trying to find a corner where I can just go and try to work through it. Um, it's not easy. Uh, and, and it's scary to think that, you know, I'm the one that leaves the house. I've got my mother who's 81 years old here. My son who's 18. He's, he's all right. He's healthy as a horse. And another, my business partner who works with me, he's also staying with me right now. He's 44. I'm 48. Three of us have the chance to catch this thing. And I'm the one who goes outside and I do practice physical distancing. I see somebody, I do my best to make sure that I'm keeping that shot between. If they're talking, I've noticed I'm also staying away from people that are talking. Um, unless, you know, they, the normal distance is there. Is there anything else we should be considering? I mean, what other things can we do from, a, from, from your standpoint with functional medicine? What other things can we do? Right. So, so great question. And I do want to talk about that. I just want to touch on something you mentioned because I think it's important. So yes, our immune systems have to be educated. Yes. They have to go to school when we're kids, right? Yep. <laughs> and they have to learn self, not self, self, not self, 
And then it has to learn how to categorize not self and how to handle it. And so vaccinations do help with that and, and that herd immunity that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a big part of the education of our immune system happens as babies are born and they come through the birth canal, they are mm-hmm. inoculated, they're sterile in the amniotic fluid. And then when they come through the birth canal, they are inoculated with bacteria. And then as they nurse at the mother's breast, they're also taking in bacteria. And it is this education of the, that it initiates the education of the immune system at birth. Well, with almost a 50% cesarean section birth rate in our country and in lots of industrialized countries, what's happening is these babies are bypassing the vaginal canal and they're not, immune systems aren't getting educated. Oh boy. And so that is a huge problem when it comes to immune system function. And, you know, that's something that we look at in functional medicine. So you mentioned the millennials, and I don't know statistics on their immune status versus, you know, our generation. Uh, We boomers, you know, I don't know if you're a boomer, I am. I'm a (laughs) nation. We're just just as bad as you are. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, you know, I'd have to look up the stats on that. Um, but it is vital. So now what can we do besides protect ourselves from respiratory vaporization, sneezing and physical isolating? And I'm with you on that. Don't call it social isolating because the social isolating is making me crazy right now. So <laughs> I, I welcome the opportunity <laughs> to see your face and see everyone's yep. face. And I, I like texting all my friends. You want to FaceTime? Cause I need to, I <laughs> yep. need eyes to eyes, you know, I need, we need that. It nourishes our soul. Um, so what you need to do is really work on your health resilience. And I think with what, what we're dealing with that, um, nourishing that spiritual soul aspect of yourself is, is the number one thing you need to do. And then there are things you can do physically too. But that means connecting with people, however you can connect with them, whether it's, you know, chats like this, or it's with your friends, you do a Zoom and have a dinner, everybody make your own meal, let's all sit around the table and Zoom eat, you know, or there are games you can play uh, with with a group of people online, or whatever it is um, that you need to do to connect with people, it's so important. And then number two is staying out of fear. There's a lot of fear kind of mongering going on. And, you know, what this does is it it hooks into your reptilian brain. That's all about survival, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about survival and sex and all the things that keep you alive down here at the base of your brain. Right, right. And I went down the tube really early on a couple times because, you know, at first I don't think any of us, well, we physicians, even me and my colleagues were saying, well, it's just like another flu. And then we realized, oh, no, it's not another flu. (laughs) Uh, And then went down the rabbit hole of reading stories that were very detailed um, about people and looking at pictures that we really didn't need to be looking at and looking at people's opinions and looking at people talking about who were on the doctors in the uh, ICU in Italy and just all this really very emotionally impactful salient Mm. material that was very increased fear and it wasn't factual and so I had to pull back from that and say wait a minute reptilian brain will hijack your conscious human brain every time and then you 
can't think. So I only do factual information, no news. Just give me the facts, just the facts. You know, it's interesting um, that, that, that plays out doctor everywhere, yeah. not just in medicine, um, because there's a lot, and, and I hate to say this, but marketing, it, there is a channel in marketing that uses fear, fear of loss. Yeah. And it's easy to do. I mean, it's, it's amazingly easy to do. You just got to put the camera and the lighting in the right place. And that reptilian brain will pick up on the light and go, that's traumatic. Or right. that's weird. That's not usual. And, and it will, like you said, it will run right into it. And I've been near, and actually I've been at death situations in my lifetime. Cause I've, I've worked in security. I've worked around with, you know, first responders and stuff. I've seen death. It's not pretty. It, in fact, it's, it's quite traumatic. However, when you're in the midst of the situation versus looking at it from the outside, I can honestly say it's two different feelings. You're there it, for me when I was there and I saw somebody pass and literally it was somebody that I was trying to, to save because I was the guy doing CPR. We weren't able to save them. I wasn't fearing. I was feeling compassion for the loss. Different feeling for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's partially because of that's how I was raised. You know, you don't, you don't sweat the small stuff, so to speak. You, you feel compassion for things. And I don't think, I, I think a lot of what we've seen is people going, well, look how bad this is. While the doctor's looking over, I'm going, yeah, I feel bad about this, but I feel compassion for this person too, because I'm doing everything I possibly can. Their trouble is going to be totally different, obviously, because they're losing how many other people they've already lost, which is, are they now in the five figures, I believe, in Italy? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it traumatic? Yes. Is it, is it cause for concern? Yes. Is it one of those things where you're just going to freak out and fear everything that's around you? No. No, that's the last thing you should do. Uh, in fact, right. go ahead. I think it's really important. The other thing that I had to do is put it in perspective, because if you're just looking at if all the news and everything you're looking at is coronavirus, COVID-10, <laughs> oh my gosh, all these people dying. Yep. I mean, I literally was in a place initially, I thought, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. And then when I <laughs> backed up and got some statistics, I realized, no, we are not. Well, yeah. we all are anyway, you know, is the truth. No one gets out alive. That's how it works. Yeah, no one gets out alive. <laughs> but if you look at it, and, and I don't mean to mitigate the tragedy of it is over 10,000 people now in Italy who have died and they have a population of 60 million people Mm -hmm. 60 million Mm -hmm. and if you look at how many people die annually in Italy from heart attacks how many people die from cancer how many people die from all the things that we die from this number is a very small number very small. It's, and I want to make something real clear for those of you that are listening here on, on, on Anchor and watching this on YouTube. The reason that this perspective is necessary is so that we don't overplay yeah. what's going on. It, again, it is sad. It is very traumatic for families yeah. to lose somebody to a disease. We all want to, we all want to leave in our sleep. I mean, right. you know, one day our body just says, oh, we've done good. That's enough. Doesn't always get to work out that way. But when you look at it from the standpoint of what other things are people passing away from? What other things have been taking lives? And how many people are actually passing away? When we were kids, <clears throat> you were probably in middle school when I learned this statistic. Um, we were told that somebody was dying every couple seconds in the world. And to a kid, how do you fathom that? Two seconds. Oh, somebody else just died. Oh, somebody else just died. Oh, somebody else. And we're like, huh? 
How's that? And then there's a baby being born every other five seconds. It's like, well, shit, we're going to run out of people pretty soon if anybody does the math. And it's like, no, it doesn't quite work like that. But when you have perspective like this, and that's, thank you for bringing that forward. Um, because there's a lot of people that just don't know that perspective. They don't, they don't get it. They still think like you did at first, we're all in for it and it, it, it's not going to end well. Um, right. And, and I think a lot of the, some of the information being putting out is really gearing towards that because fear sells, because if you get hooked reptilian brain by fear, then you need more information. And then you stay with that information, watching the news, watching the news, watching the news. But if you back up and you turn the TV off and you go outside and you see that the, the sun is shining, oh yeah, the, the world is turning, yep. the birds are singing, mm -hmm. I came across some geese having a little love fest the other day, Beautiful. like all is well, you know, and in our, in our world, we're going to have these viral threats that are going to come up. And luckily we have brilliant scientists and yes. brilliant doctors yes, yes, we do. and they are working on a vaccine and they will have one within 12 to 18 months to mm -hmm. increase our herd immunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somewhere between 40 and 70% of us will get this eventually and before probably we get a vaccine and then we'll get a vaccine and we'll increase our herd immunity. And over 90% of us will have a mild illness. I know two people personally who have had it and it's gone and, and we will be fine. You know, the goal is to just be smart about what we're doing so that we all don't get it at one time because then that peak of how many of us get it, that well then that many people can have severe disease yeah. and need support <clears throat> in a hospital. Well, we gotta mitigate that so we're not all needing hospital help right. at once. Right. And just smooth it out. And so, you know, knowing that I, I, I sometimes wish I could wake up and the virus would be gone. Well, that's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, not, um, not likely. And, and we have so much expertise um, and ability to mitigate the complications from this virus and any virus mm -hmm. that we are using, hopefully we're using, Yeah, right. Um, that uh, th there's so much to be hopeful about. So let's shift that channel over then since we're talking about hope because I, as much as I want people to be aware of how to prevent and be aware and, and be wary, I also want them to understand what it means to be smart, be healthy, be happy. Um, what are some of the things that people should be doing or could be doing aside of what you've already mentioned, which is like the social interactions here, um, to fortify, to become the resilient, healthful person that they should become? What kinds of things can they do or where can they go to, to read or something, anything? Right. So I would say the first thing you need to do is do eat. You are what you eat, literally. And so talking to a food, just so you know, so you uh, just, you just made my life better <laughs> yes, is to eat healthy food. Your immune system so responds to healthy foods. So eliminating the junk foods, the highly processed foods, the high sugar foods, and really going to whole foods, eat them um, in a form that's as close to how mother nature made them, right? Green leafy vegetables, get all the different colors of the rainbow to get those phytonutrients. You know, yep. I think I had a salad yesterday with arugula and spinach and uh, red bell pepper and cucumbers yeah. and some chickpeas and, um, you know, dressing I make myself with lemon juice, olive oil, 
some shallots and a little Dijon mustard. So lots and raw uh, veggies, your body loves those, chew them thoroughly. Um, and really avoiding things that could harm your health, like too much alcohol at this time, that's going to use up your body's resources because your body does view that as a toxin. So yes. then your body has to spend all this time and energy getting rid of the alcohol. So just don't even go there. Um, lots of filtered water, at least half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you want to do 75 ounces of water. Yep. Um, and lots of fresh fruits, you know, oranges and lemon juice and water, right? And um, not too much high sugar fruits, but you nah. berries have yeah. so many uh, beneficial things in them. So eating a really varied diet, you know, animal protein is good if you eat that, if you don't, fine. Um, but make sure it's high quality. So wild caught fish and grass fed organic uh, produce. So eating is so important. Your body responds very quickly to what you eat. You can increase your natural killer cells in your body just by changing what you eat. Yeah. So I'd say that's number one. Okay. Sleep, sleep would be number two. Ah, something, right? I'm, but, something I'm not familiar with, unfortunately. I need to change that. <laughs> yeah, vitamin S. Yep. That will yeah, help you your, your immune system function better. It helps your cortisol, your stress hormone, which is the backbone of your immune system function. Um, getting seven, if not eight or more hours of sleep every night of good, sound, uninterrupted sleep is absolutely vital. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with, unfortunately. I need to change that. <laughs> yeah, vitamin S. Yeah, that will yeah, help you your, your immune system function better. It helps your cortisol, your stress hormone, which is the backbone of your immune system function. Um, getting seven, if not eight or more hours of sleep every night of good, sound, uninterrupted sleep is absolutely yeah. vital. Yeah. Let me, interrupt, let me interrupt that because I got a lot of listeners that are entrepreneurs. Try to tell them this and they're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Sleep's kind of a waste of time. I'm like, guys, this is a doctor now saying this. <laughs> it's not just me saying you still need to sleep. Rest is necessary for the body to repair. It has to have that time that down time where you're just not doing anything. If you're, if you're worried about, and I've said this before on the podcast, if you got stuff running through your head, grab a notepad, write it all down, dump it out on paper. Your mind should quiet down. It never fails for anybody that I've ever said it to. I've yet to have anybody come back and tell me otherwise. Well, except for one person, but he's just coming. Anyway, um, that's, yeah, he deals with voices, not with ideas. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what you need. You have to have, you have to have sleep. You have to have just, and I do six hours, honestly, on a normal basis. Uh, last night was a little bit of an exception because I had a lot of stuff to get ready for today. Um, I still have two more appointments after this, uh, different reasons. Um, but I'll probably end up getting six or eight for tonight because tomorrow's Saturday and, you know, we're at home. So sleep's number two. Any more? Yeah. And, and I would say your body, if you listen to your body, it'll tell you how much sleep it needs. You mm -hmm. know, some nights I might sleep six hours, but like last night, Eight o'clock, my body was, I'm tired. I lay down, gone. Yeah. 10 hours, right? There you go. So it, you just have to learn to listen to your body. So that would be number two, and the, and the water is in there too. Yep. Um, the other thing I would say is there are supplements that you can take that have uh, been proven to help your cortisol, which, like I said, is the backbone of your immune system. Vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, these are all vital. Uh, your B vitamins help your body handle stress. 
There are some anti-inflammatory botanicals like quercetin, boswellia, curcumin that help your immune system to function better and are general anti-inflammatories. Um, so there, there are different supplements that you can take, multivitamins that make sure that you are getting your nutrient needs met. Mm -hmm. um, adrenal adaptogens, so those are herbs like um, eleuthero, rhodiola, ashwagandha that help your cortisol to function better and be more resilient. Um, so these are all things that you can take to just improve your overall wellness. Do you, do you know of any place online that somebody can go? go to read that or is there a resource that I can share with somebody that you know because you, you've mentioned a few things and, and the herbs and things like that most most people don't know um, I only mm -hmm. of the three that you mentioned on the back end for the adaptogens I only recognized one so okay and I used and I used to be pretty heavy into it um, when I was a bodybuilder we did all kinds of stuff to mitigate cortisol and make sure that we're, our minds were calm and stuff like that right very necessary it's in a lot of places, but I'm actually working on a free download for people on perfect. essential self-care for health resilience, perfect, perfect. which I should have up on my website next week. And so I'm going to put all this in there so then people will know. Um, and so that's a resource because I, I could, I don't know where right off the bat to send them in 10 different places, but I'm going to uh, make yeah, that. But that, that's, that's the reason I led that question. I was hoping you were putting something together and, and guys, yeah. if you, if you, You'll see it in the descriptions. You'll see it in the comments. We're going to make sure that you guys have her website address. Uh, and if you're watching here on UpLive, just DM me and I'll make sure to get that to you as well. Uh, else not, go to anchor.fm or over to YouTube and make sure you watch this one because this one so far has been very meaty and juicy. Um, and that, that kind of stuff is, and this is, I think, I think this is where half the fear comes from is most people don't know what's available to them. And these are, these are natural supplements. I mean, these are just things that we should right. be, anyway because yeah. you can't get it all from food anymore like we used to well and it's interesting because there you know there's such a a battle that goes on between the mainstream medical community and the naturopaths functional medicine um, and it's really been highlighted and heightened with this coronavirus and there was this newscaster she started screaming at whatever the camera was on the program she was about there are no vitamins you can take to affect your immune system. Like she was screaming at the top of her lungs. And, you know, it went around in our communities as a meme, like, what? Oh, sure. Like, this is yeah. so insane. Like, the studies are so prolific on how these nutrients affect your immune system function, natural killer cells, lymphocytes, white blood cells, all of this. Um, it's documented. I've said, this, I've said this before and I wouldn't be surprised if it ever becomes a meme, but here's Big Pharma's poster child. Anyway. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there are things that you can do, but I think that's why people are really confused because they go to their mainstream doctor and his doctor says nothing you can do. Yeah, which is bull. Because I've seen it too. I've, I've actually seen, uh, even in my own culture, uh, Hawaiian culture, yeah. there's been things that I've taken, like we have this thing called uha loa. And, and in Hawaii, I had a lot of, real close to bronchitis kinds of symptoms and I used to make a tea with this root mm -hmm. and that stuff it, it acted like ephedra it opened up my bronchial tubes a bronchodilator right. kind of a sort and I could breathe and I was singing for 15 years that's what I used I, and the, the the funniest thing was this stuff grows wild on the side of the road so I didn't need to go to a store to pick it up I just went and grabbed a bush took it home cut off the roots and started brewing so right. 
that's that's the that's the point guys if if you're watching this do not take mainstream media as law it is not law doc just said there's been definitive science and studies showing that supplements can help in a number of ways in a number of different cases now is it going to help you in specific we don't know every human's different mm -hmm. so you got to you got to go figure this out and a good idea is to go see a naturopath Go see somebody who's got functional medicine in their in their in their studies, because they will sit there and they will look through everything. And I've noticed that most naturopaths spend a lot more time talking to their patients than a regular allopathic doctor. In fact, from what I've noticed on on like the urgent care stuff, it's the nurses that do all the questions. Doctors just walk in, say a couple of questions. Oh yeah, we'll prescribe this. We'll prescribe this. Yeah, and it's prescription right. Versus a naturopath yeah. will sit down and go go through. You know, how, what's your day like? What do you do? What do you eat? How do you eat? You sleep. All this kind, of, all of these things that you're bringing to the table. So anybody's listening, if you if you don't know a naturopath, you just met one oh, this way. You just met one here. <laughs> I'm still trying to get used to the mirror effect. Um, but but understand too. And Doc, maybe you can speak to a little bit of functional medicine as to as to the philosophy behind it and what you guys really uh, are after when you're when you're talking to a patient. What is it that you're looking for? Sure. So in mainstream medicine, which I practiced for over a decade, um, we're really concerned with what, what, what is the disease diagnosis? What drug do I need to give? What surgery do I need to do to get rid of the symptom or control the symptom? Mm -hmm. We're not, we're interested in the create, in the uh, suppression of symptoms and the control of symptoms, not the creation of health. There's a totally di total difference. In functional medicine, we're concerned with health optimization, the creation of vitality and optimal health. So yeah. we want to address symptoms as to why. We're obsessed with why, whereas mainstream medicine is obsessed with what. Yeah. So in functional medicine, why? You can't sleep. Why can't you sleep? Oh, well, you have elevated cortisol, you have a thyroid dysfunction, you have too much toxicity, right? You have all these different reasons. And then we want to address, well, why do you have elevated cortisol? Why do you have thyroid dysfunction? So we're always asking why. We're like toddlers. Why? 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 And we are concerned with what you're eating and what activities you're doing or not doing, sleeping or not sleeping. Um, what you're doing in your life. Um, and then we're going to educate you. So like Michael said, my initial visit with people is 90 minutes. I go through everything. Um, it's, it's very important because how you live your life is your health. It's yeah. part and parcel. They're, they're not separate. Agreed. And so a functional approach is really looking at the function of the body system. So I like to say that if you look at a tree mm -hmm. in functional medicine, we're down here at the roots. What are all the inputs? Mm -hmm. You go, for regular medicine, you go up the trunk to the leaves and branches, and they're concerned with the leaves and branches. You, If you have a rash, you go to the dermatologist over here. If you have stomach problems, you go to the gastroenterologist. If you have nervous system problems, you go to the neurologist, right? You get female problems, gynecologist. So you go to the different branches. None of them talk. All they care about is if you have a skin problem, what drug, what's the diagnosis, psoriasis, <laughs> what yeah. drug do I need to give you, yeah. or do I need to cut it off? If you go to a functional doctor, all of these things, all the causes for all of these branch and leaf problems go down the root. We look at the roots. Hormone imbalance, seven major, major metabolic hormone drivers, cortisol, thyroid, insulin, DHEA, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. What are your imbalances there? 
because believe it or not, that's contributing to your skin problem and your gastroenterology problem. What's going on with your toxicity levels, right? A lot of toxicity comes from gastrointestinal tract or it could be from outside toxins um, and it could be viral load, bacteria. You can have chronic viral infections for decades, right? Um, so what's going on with that? What chemicals have gotten in your body? Looking at that, uh, what other nutrient, micronutrient insufficiencies do you have? What energetic imbalances do you have? So mm -hmm. you look at all these roots, we address the roots, guess what? You fix the roots, all the branches and leaves start getting better. And they do, not because you're suppressing the symptoms, but because you're healing the reason why you have them. And then you get a beautiful tree. <laughs> so I was just basically telling them, are you guys listening to all of this? Are you getting this? Does this not make sense? When, when you look at it, when you look at it from the standpoint of everybody that I know that goes to doctors, um, they have the short visit and they deal with, like, I have a, I have a young lady who lives across from me. Um, and she just took a LOA. She's a, she's a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, she took an LOA because it's just getting to the point where they can't even get their clients to come in anymore. And the clinic is really losing money at that point. Go figure. Um, but she mentioned that she was having some eczema and, and she thinks it was because of a lack of sleep. And I, I looked right at her and I went, how much you sleep in? And I'm no naturopath, but even I know you, you get enough lack of sleep, you're going to start having some problems. Yep. It just, it's just the way your body works. And of course, talking with Dr. Katz and other physicians like yourself, mm -hmm. everybody says the same thing. You got to fix the real problem. The root is where you got to get to. Otherwise, all this other shit's going to come up and it's just going to keep plaguing you and keep plaguing you and you're never going to get over it. Um, I should actually probably go see a naturopath for my chronic sinusitis now that I think about it instead of an ENT. Anyway, <laughs> another conversation well, for another day. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, you bring up a good point. I just want to mention is a lot of people think, I'll ask people all the time, do you have any medical problems? And they'll say no. And I say, really? Okay, what medications are you on? And they go, Lisinopril, Atorvastatin, right, right out, right out the say, gate. <laughs> but you don't have any medical problems. And they go, oh no, all that's controlled on the medications. And what people think is that if they're on medications that are controlling their disease, that they're okay. And nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally, no, I totally agree. And if anybody that's listening, please hear that again. If you have a medication and you happen to notice any of those names of those medicines she just yeah. mentioned, you have a medical condition. <laughs> it's all they've done is control a symptom of the real condition of the real problem. You really need to go talk to a functional medicine doctor. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it has become so mainstream over so many years. Um, and we've seen it. Um, I, I watched it happen over the seventies and eighties, and I'm sure you got a piece of the sixties on your side. We watched it evolve and it's only, it's only gotten worse over time. Thankfully, natural naturopathic medicine has come back in a way. Cause it, like for a long time, it was like the forbidden art, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so now, now that it's coming back, I'm glad to hear that. Um, we got about a few minutes left doc and okay. I've, I've like completely loved sitting here. I could probably roll another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Because you, you got it's stuff I like talking about. Um, what could you what could you offer up as advice for the entrepreneurs, for the guys that know that they have to be out? Because a lot of the people that listen, they're, they're business people, professionals. They know they got to be out working. They can't work right now. 
um, except for the ones that can work from home, like myself. What would you What would you suggest would be a decent beginning routine to a day that people can at least mm -hmm. have some semblance of calm when they approach? You know, some of us listen to affirmations. Some of us, you know, get up and just charge the gate with with coffee. Right. So I think that's a, a great uh, question. And I know that a lot of your listeners are leaders, entrepreneurs, yeah. and it's probably very frustrating for them to, to be kind of sidelined at this point. Yeah. Um, and so instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can do. I think that getting a specific daily routine for yourself that starts with turning inward mm -hmm. uh if you're an entrepreneur <laughs> meditation is fabulous you'll get start getting ideas i'm an entrepreneur too that you don't even know where these ideas come from but it calms the mind in a way um that really opens you to ideas you might not have thought of mm -hmm. i think it's kind of interesting i just want to mention this so i used to be very traditional brick and mortar in an office regular medicine mm -hmm. and then when i discovered functional medicine i transitioned into offering functional medicine in an office mm -hmm. and then since then over the past 10 years i've actually transitioned to doing everything virtually nice. i'm always thinking what is the next thing how can we do it better right that's an yeah, entrepreneur yeah, yeah how can we do it better how can we do good for people how can we do it better how can we make it better how can we offer better absolutely. service absolutely and so i moved to this online where i do everything virtually and now here comes this epidemic and i'm thinking wow i was ahead of the curve <laughs> so if you're an entrepreneur then start thinking about how you can serve more people that you want to serve in the current climate. Mm -hmm. What could you start doing virtually that maybe you thought you could only do in a brick and mortar way? Right. How can you creatively meet with clients um, and do sales calls or whatever it is that you do? How can you meet people where they are, which is in their home right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, starting the day with meditation, I have some affirmation uh, videos that I love on YouTube. I have this one that I love to listen to because it's got this great upbeat music and right. he repeats the affirmation twice and right. then you say it and you really feel like a million dollars and like you could do anything after you listen to it. So getting your mindset right whatever that looks like for you. And even, you know, if you haven't had an internal practice and you just kind of get up and go, now might be the time. I call this a spiritual timeout that we're oh, in. Yeah. Oh, Now's yeah. the time to really start cultivating that. And then also making a regular ritual of connecting with other people. Something that, that I think is sometimes easier said than done is to keep up your routines as much as possible. Maybe you usually go to the gym to exercise, but exercising at home. If you do, I do yoga practice, doing yoga at home. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, I might not be able to go out dancing. Dancing is one of my things, but I can turn the music on and I can dance. Dance at home. You can do that. Right? Or I sing in the choir, which we can't sing in the choir. So I can sing at home, right? You can, you can do a, you can do a party on certain, on certain apps. Like there's uh -huh. a, this, this one that I'm on over here. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what it is after. You okay. can start a party beam and you'll have space for nine people. Y'all can sing together on that. Nice. Right. So doing things like that and then getting out in nature at some point in your day yeah. um, is vital uh, to boost that energy and those positive vibes. And I also would say this is something I'm having to do is I have to limit the work to these are the tasks I'm going to do today. And when that's done, I'm done because my work could fail. I could work 
from day day to night and day to night with, with everything like creating like entrepreneur like any, any entrepreneur possibly right. could, yeah exactly so you, you gotta set a limit and just say you know when this is done i'm done um and so you're not alone and uh you know know that so let me let me reiterate that to make sure i got that clear one is make sure you're taking care of your health two is make sure you take care of your your mental state and do the things that keep your brain going three keep real routine moving whatever that mm -hmm. routine may be and you have technology now that you can still have that routine in place um and make sure what was the last one you had one more there were four uh, connecting with other people around yeah. activities making sure you're connecting with other people around activities remember guys it's physical distancing not social distancing we 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 need that interaction this is dr kieran dunston md naturopath functional medicine here on java chat and i want to thank doc thank God, thank you very much for bringing some perspective some insight um, and some great advice i think um that I forgot most of, um, and sharing that with my community, I'm sure they would love to thank you themselves. Uh, for those of you that are watching or listening, again, if you think this is valuable, make sure that you subscribe here and share this out to your friends, your family. Again, this is a good time to listen to this kind of content, um, and it's it's worth it. I think I think this is probably one of my most valuable podcasts to date. With, especially with what we're all dealing with. So, Doc, thanks again. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Michael. And I will have that download up next week. I just want to make sure everyone has my website. It's K-Y-R-I-N, Kieran Dunstan, D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D.com. Um, I'll have it up next week. And, um, you know, it's an honor to come and that you let me into your community and share me with your community. Um, I really consider that an honor. It's an honor to be able to share what I do with other people because I know that when they discover functional medicine and start embracing it, it your health and your life just changes for the best. Uh, and so it's just been a gift that you've given me to allow me to be here today with you. Totally appreciate that. And for all of you that are listening and watching, I totally appreciate you guys too. You know, I love you, right? Awesome. <laughs> so make sure you take care of yourselves, take yes. care of each other. Stay up. Yeah, stay up. Keep going yeah. and keep it rolling. Till next time. Ciao for now.